Hello and welcome to the CIE podcast. I'm Laura and I'm an educational developer at CIE. In this episode, we'll be joined by two colleagues from our nursing department here at the University of Liverpool and we'll be discussing the changes to the programme amid a global pandemic, what this has meant for staff and students and how the theme of resilience has been dominant throughout the past few months. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome our guests today, Claire Walker and Helen Marshall. Um, if you'd just like to introduce yourselves and your role within the nursing department, please. So hi everybody, um, I'm Claire um, and I've been working in the nursing department full time since um, September 2015, which has gone really fast. My background is critical care nursing and this year I'm celebrating my 20th year of being a qualified nurse. Um, my role in the department is module leader for modules, one third year module and one of the postgraduate modules in critical care um, and I am also um, the lead for um, placements, so the clinical clinical practice elements of the programme. Hi everyone, my name's Helen Marshall. I came to the university last July, so um, I like to think that I'm still a relatively new member of staff. There's been a lot to learn. My background is in the community setting, so I community nurse then achieved the title of district nurse and before I came to the university I was a safeguarding adult specialist nurse. Since being at the university I have um, been module leader for two year one modules so I have one in semester one which is an introduction to nursing and one in semester two which is applied nursing care and I've um, also recently took on the role of year one tutor so I've been helping to support the new students in this new way of working. Thank you both and uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, so to get us started then, just wanted to ask how you both are, how working life has changed given the sort of current landscape. Yeah, so w what's changed for you? Um, well, I think me and Claire have had a pretty similar experience because we've both got a two-year-old uh, and I've also got a four-year-old. So working in the very beginning of lockdown with no childcare and also trying to provide a, a good service to the students was quite challenging um maybe and i think for myself developing modules that i hadn't previously taught was um quite a challenge but i'm happy to say that the students found the experience um they gave positive feedback uh, and i think with regards to resilience um we was able to share for myself personal stories with the students about how i was feeling so you know i emailed my students on a weekly basis my academic advisory students and just kind of told them what i was up to checked in on them uh, and encouraged them to talk back to me as well not all of them did but i think it was a comfort that they knew that i was there should they need yeah just to echo what helen was saying um working life changed dramatically overnight i was one of the last people to leave campus and i remember sort of leaving campus on the friday before lockdown happened obviously on the sunday starting on the monday sort of carrying out my computer and it feeling very eerie really strange and not really knowing what how long this was going to be for and what was going to happen and how it was going to work out but yeah as Helen said childcare closed my partner got was furloughed um so we had a little bit of obviously um, financial pressure as well um and trying to work at home with a toddler who wanted to join zoom meetings and you know have his say as well has been a, a challenge and remains a challenge as we still work at home 
I think um, the biggest thing that sort of I I found was um, the how we've had to work a little bit differently. We're only a small department, and um, we've gone from sort of being a, a department that we can just nip into each other's office and ask a question and, and, and just run an idea past somebody or get somebody to check something over or pass a concern. And that, that was taken away from us where now it's a phone call or an email or trying to catch up with people. Um, at the start of the pandemic, our priority was our students, obviously, um, keeping them safe. Um, First-year students were taken off placement. That was a, a decision that was taken out of our hands that actually come from our professional body, the NMC. But our second and third-year students were given the option to opt in to actually kind of join the workforce um, for the pandemic. I'm so proud that all of our students, um, apart from and some that had very legitimate reasons, who were able to join the workforce for the pandemic. But that was a massive logistical um nightmare I think I'd be safe to say just trying to get people placed at the right time the right support risk assessments being done things like that you know this was this was something that we'd never really experienced before with a virus that we we knew very very little about back in March April we know much more about it now um, so yeah it's been working from home has got some benefits um, but um then there's some real um, difficulties and struggles, I think. And I think, as Helen said, sharing our experience with the stu- with our students as well. So say, I know, you know, it is hard. Um, I think we kind of you get that sort of feeling of you know we're all in it together, and you know it's it's more empathy rather than sympathy because we do know we do know what it's like. We're doing it ourselves. Just following on from that, really, what about in terms of the the program? Obviously, there's been a, a massive challenge um, facing everyone in terms of adapting to delivery online. Um, but then obviously, with yourselves and the nature of the programme, there, there has been some face-to-face teaching that's been continued. So I suppose um, just interested to hear, firstly, how you found adapting to online, um, the highs and lows of that, if you like, and then how you've managed logistically and and everything else really to put those face-to-face sessions in safely as well I imagine there have been massive challenges for the department yeah so our program changed overnight um as you would imagine with nursing we're a very hands-on um very practical course you know our our course is 50 50 you know it's 50 percent out in practice and a lot of the theory time that we spend with students is preparing them for their clinical practice so it's, it's real hands-on. A lot of our modules depend on external speakers coming in, talking to the students about their role in healthcare, um, you know, kind of what they do in healthcare that obviously had to stop. Um, so we've been running a, a real sort of hybrid model, really, um, from our programme for all three years. Um, students still have been able to come into campus for um, essential clinical skills, which have been a, a roaring success um, from both points of view really the students have really enjoyed coming onto campus um, you know learning new skills catching up with us sort of, you know being together albeit in small bubbles so we've had about six or seven students per session so that's taken quite a lot of organising 
Um, but we've enjoyed it as well. Um, I, I've loved going into campus, just getting out of the house sometimes. <laughs> Being, you know, going into campus, seeing students, actually seeing people face to face. That that's that kind of you know close contact rather than sort of through a screen has been really good, and that's going to continue um, in semester two um, as well. Sort of bringing in students for those essential clinical skills. So that's really good that we can carry on doing that. In regards to the online aspect of teaching, I think it's been a real challenge. I think we've had to use technology. You know, I've never heard of Zoom until March. I, I couldn't, you know, Zoom was something that my little boy made a noise with when he was playing with his cars. You know, and now suddenly Zoom is my life. Um, so it's it's been a challenge to sort of get our heads around how the technology works. It's also been a challenge to try and still ensure that our our sessions are useful for the students and you know our 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 practical our you know things that they can take forward into their clinical practice um, certainly the modules that I teach on and I run we depend a lot on discussion um, a lot of you know presenting cases and and, and you know conditions and, and situations and so, you know have discussions in class and small groups and that's been quite challenging to sort of do online because you know you're having to sort of facilitate small breakout rooms or you know trying to sort of get people to engage with sort of just you know talking to talking to their laptop is is much harder than if you did have a you know a small classroom full of students um so it's been good in, in a way that we did we have had the technology to at least carry on you know, provided some form of teaching. But I think that other little sort of things that we rely on when it's face-to-face teaching has been taken away from us. Those kind of, you know, the, the debates and the questioning and the, you know, the, oh, can I just ask this? Um, and we benefit from really small cohorts on our programme. Um, and that's very often one of the reasons why our students sort of come to us Um and that's, you know, I feel like that's something we've kind of missed out a little bit on, sort of having that those sort of you know, smaller class debates um, that haven't really just been, been able to do online. Yeah, I'd agree with what Claire is saying about the small class debates. And obviously Claire um, is able to teach third years where they've had the normal university experience. Um, I teach the year one, so the new year ones who've come in straight into online learning. And I think when you haven't made those friendships and you're just on a computer with 70 other faces that you've never met, you you don't know who your friends are, you don't know who anybody is, it was often consumed daunting to speak out. Um, so I think I reassessed how I would deliver my sessions. So I made them smaller, so I might deliver them twice. I tried to um, use the, a Padlet board, which again, I'd never heard of Padlet pre-lockdown, use breakout rooms. Um, just to try and engage those smaller groups to chat and network with each other. So I, I put them into the, the clinical skills group, which they were on campus. So at least they've got a familiar face and they actually liked being in that smaller room to virtually make network and make friends, if you like. Um, we actually did a thing called a buddy system as well, which one of our colleagues thought up. And it was kind of where a student would be given another student. They might not know them, they might not have never speak to them. And that will be their buddy, if you to have a kind of a point of contact to speak to someone as a student, you know, just text them, how are you? Because a lot of the students 
they were confined to where the bubble was, maybe where they live in the halls of residence. So actually, they, they've not been able to form those friendships like when they come into a classroom environment. So I think it was trying to do our best to try and facilitate students communicating with each other so that they've got friendships as opposed to just where they're living. Um, and I think the students, obviously, they would they would love to be on campus, but I have taken some positives from the online, um, such as doing pre-recorded sessions occasionally where the students can uh, watch them whenever they want. So it, when we go back to normal, I might not be bringing them in every single time face to face because actually they've got good feedback from that. And I've actually developed the skills and knowledge myself of how to how to create those. If I hadn't been in a pandemic, I probably wouldn't have had the time to do a pre-recorded session or, or learn it. Um, and with regards to nursing, actually, we just got validated for our, our new programme. So in the middle of... Um, the pandemic, we actually started delivering a new curriculum, which was validated virtually by the NMC. So it was kind, and then we've started using Canvas. We've got a new practice document. So I think the staff and the students have adapted to everything that's been thrown at them, learning all these new things. And it's kind of just been kind of getting on with it, but with a positive mindset, because obviously if you're negative, that that comes across to the students and I'm hoping that our positive mindset is showing we've had all these barriers but we're still doing it we're still providing the service that we hope you enjoy it um, and the students have found it, it a good experience predominantly um, obviously in a virtual world it's it's hard to engage people not everyone has the cameras on but I think as we're going forward it's the new norm now and I think the students are accepting that it's a new norm and appreciating it's a new environment for us um, and kind of working with us to try and make it as, as the best that we can in the situation that we've got. Uh, congratulations on the programme validation. That's fantastic news. Um, so have you had a, much of a sense from students um, how they're finding uh, these changes? I know you were saying that um, everyone seems to be adapting really well. Um, have you had opportunity for much feedback or will that come at a later date? Well, we have um, evaluations at the end of each module and we actually done um, like a live question and answer session for the students. So we did a Zoom meeting. It was optional. Uh, however, a lot of students did attend and it was just their opportunity to kind of get anything off the chest, ask us any questions. They've all got WhatsApp groups where they communicate with each other and that doesn't always get to us. And sometimes it could be, you know, someone might say something and then more opinions and actually I think they found having the question and answer session with us to get the actual answer was really beneficial to to quash any rumours or suspicions or things like that um, and it was really good to hear their viewpoint you know to give us honest feedback about um, how the sessions have been you know how it how it feels to be looking at a screen all the time um, so on on their feedback we did take things away that we're gonna that we're gonna implement for semester two and we, we're trying to encourage them to say that we only know what your experience is by telling us. Um, so it was really beneficial to get their feedback. Um, and actually, the third year has actually sent a survey around to the students to get honest feedback. And a lot of it was predominantly uh, positive to say, we're really happy with what you've delivered, given the circumstances that we found ourselves in. Um, the first year is also the Nursing Society has been really good about trying to engage them in virtual 
fun events, if you like, you know, rather than just having lectures. So the Nursing Society have done, they did a Halloween event where they played games and, you know, like just fun things just to try and get those networks there so that they know they've got someone to talk to, they can text someone. It's, it's you know, can be quite isolating sat in front of your computer all day not seeing anybody so it's trying to make people feel less isolated with actually without actually physically sense and always knowing that we are here for them to talk to and i do feel that our students hopefully do email us uh, or the benefit of online is we can just come on an, an online chat straight away we don't have to book an appointment come and see me in two days on campus we can just get straight on and have a chat with them there and then which has been a benefit of, of virtual working and um, so hopefully building that resilience with the students by friendships and social networks and reinforcing that even though you're sat on your own in front of a computer you're never alone if you need somebody that makes sense yeah i think i think our students have missed being on campus with us certainly so um, particularly my third year students have missed that ability just to nip up and nip in and say hello about anything and just pass something by us you know now it does take a little bit more sort of you know they have to email us and then we have to organize a time and and, and things like that but I, I think our students have have adapted amazingly well and it is an adapt it really is an adapt it's it's not a just getting on with it you know we've all had to adapt um, I think they've been really um, kind of aware that we we're adapting to that this is a new change for us so there's been sort of you know it's been it's been a real sort of um, journey together it's felt like for me you know um, as, as much as we've struggled with things students have struggled with things you know some students have struggled with the technology side of it as well um some students are suddenly finding that you know looking at a screen for a long time is, is causing eye strain and stuff like that and and you know some of our, some of us have, have experienced that obviously we've had some students that have also been unwell you know that have had to isolate and you know i've, I've had covid um, and and you know i i myself have had covid i'm still recovering from covid we've had other members of the team We've had family members that have had it and they've had to isolate. So, you know, it does feel like we're on this sort of journey together and, and things that the students are saying, um, we, we're we either experiencing ourselves personally or, you know, we can sort of say, oh, yeah, you know, another student said that or you're not alone. Um, and, and again, that's kind of what we've encouraged with the students to, to just let us know, just keep in touch you know, sort of particularly in it, right with the beginning of the first lockdown, um, all three leads, sort of year leads, were in regular weekly contact with each cohort of students. Even just, uh, I mean, I know I sent the, I, I was sort of year one lead at the beginning of the pandemic, and I just, you know, one week I just sort of sent a little video round. Just to, you know, I, I I saw this the other day. I found it funny. You know, I hope hope you guys find it funny as well. You know where I am. You know, not bombarding people with information. Just letting people know that you're still out there. That you know you do still exist, even if it's just in the virtual world for a little bit. I think with what Claire's saying about keeping in touch with students, I personally, with my academic advisee students, feel that. 
we got a stronger relationship because they kind of got to know everything about what I was doing. You know, we had this takeaway. we done our daily exercise here. Uh, I'd send them pictures of where we've been or things like that. So I do feel that we've got a stronger relationship because they, they, they could see that I was just a normal person as opposed to their teacher, if you like. And I do feel that it brought us closer together because they was like, well, I've been here, I've done this, etc. And I think with the, I often use the use of humour to, to try and make light of a situation, especially with technology. You know, the first time I did my online um, on, online teaching, I'm using Zoom, I'm trying to do a breakout room, and I actually got kicked out of my own lecture by the computer. So I just got kicked out of the meeting, and then I came back into the meeting, and everyone's going, where's she gone, where's she gone? And then I just popped up there, oh, she's back. So I just like, obviously, you know, I wasn't saying anything interesting, so the computer wants to chuck me out. So I think if I just made light of a situation and just kind of, make them make them laugh or feel a bit better that's just how I'm learning to get through things like not trying to just take take the mickey out myself and and kind of that I feel like that puts them in a bit more of a comfortable position um because the rest of the lecture we um we were talking we spent five or ten minutes talking about technology and they was actually saying oh I can't get in this I'm trying to do that so I think that we all felt we was in the same boat and all in it together if that makes sense yeah, definitely. It sounds like you're both an absolute tonic, to be honest, to uh, a very difficult and challenging time. Um, and it's it's a really sort of refreshing approach, I think, to to be so personable, but to kind of just crack on with it as well, like you say, with a bit of humour. Um, that's fantastic. I think that, that comes from the profession in nursing. You know, I can remember days that I've had, I've come back to the district nursing office and I'm like, oh my God, you'll never guess what happened to me today. And it's not something that you should laugh about, if that makes sense. But if I didn't laugh and that camaraderie and that teamwork, that's often what gets nurses through. Because this is a very difficult time. But in the profession that we've been in, we've had lots of difficult times with patients and things like that. So maybe the resilience has always been there and we're bringing that into university life because we have to work together as a team. We have to support each other because there's very difficult situations that we've found ourselves in before that that if we didn't laugh, we'd probably... Yeah, of course. Yeah, nursing's quite um, famous for its humour. I think it's, um, yeah, it's it's a way of coping, isn't it? Humour is a way of coping. You know, some people have a stiff upper lip. Some people have to have a bit of a, you know, a laugh about it. Other people, you know, go and do something completely different. But I think sometimes humour does help or... You know, trying to find, even trying to find sort of the, the the positive in something. You know, trying to sort of look for the good in a bad situation. And there normally is something. But normally, even if it was, oh well, that person was really nice. You know, in that bad situation, there's always something good to look for. And I think, you know, nursing sort of helps us to do that a little bit because there is, you know, even in you know a real or a real horrible you know, situation, you know, a patient that's that's dying or, you know, there, there is something good that you can find from that, you know, even if it's, you know, the fact that as the nurse, yes, that patient was dying, but you were able to, you know, provide some comfort, you were able to, you know, relieve their pain or, or ease their distress by holding their hand or, you know, cleaning their mouth or something like that something really simple there's always something good in, in in every situation that we can take from and I think our profession certainly sets us up for that to, to look for look for the good sometimes 
Definitely. I think um, kind of we've all appreciated, haven't we, our sort of heroes in the NHS, even more so than the normal these, these past few months. Sounds like you guys have had that, um, I suppose, that, that attitude to be able to adapt very quickly and kind of, yeah, get on with it, I suppose, in a way. I suppose one of the, the challenging things as well about the nursing programme that's different from a lot of uh, other university programmes is the fact that um, it is dominated uh, quite heavily by placement. Um, how has that gone? Um, and I suppose, have you managed to support those placements, those ones that have gone ahead any differently? Um, if you just talk us through that. Placement. <laughs> so yeah, so fifty percent of our program is um, is is placement, is clinical practice, and our students have to complete a, a minimum set of hours to become a nurse, and that's a minimum of two thousand three hundred hours, uh, which is is a is a lot of of clinical practice. Um, we're really lucky in in our university, um, and actually we're really lucky in Cheshire and Merseyside, to be honest. We have some excellent, excellent um, hospitals and, and healthcare services, um, world-renowned, you know, in some cases with, with some of the procedures that we do. And Liverpool was hit really hard with COVID. It was, and, and that's why Liverpool was in tier three and, you know, all the usual things. So our hospitals have been overrun in this pandemic and still trying to, you know, people have still had heart attacks and, you know, their appendix has still been burst and people have still broken their legs and, you know, people have still been unwell with other things, you know, not just COVID. Um, so as I was saying before, um, our placements changed overnight. Our first years were taken off placement. So that's our, was our September 2019 cohort were taken off placement in March. And then our, Year two cohort and our year three cohort. So that's the year two cohort is now our third year cohort. And the third year cohort at the time is now those that are about to graduate on Friday, which is really exciting. Um, we're all able to um, deploy into um, the clinical areas and it counters a placement, it counters clinical hours and them obviously be able to, to go towards their, their programme. We had to work really closely with our practice partners to do that, to make sure that, you know, students were going to the right place and, you know, in a timely manner and were supported as well. Um, so that has been fabulous to make those bridges to, you know, get those sort of um, relationships working as well. It also meant that we had to work really closely with our other HEIs, the other universities that send students to, to our placement areas as well. So again, that's been a real positive that we've we've sort of set up a bit a bit of a, a network of um, Cheshire and Mersey HEIs, but also Northwest HEIs as well, uh, which I don't think would have happened if 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 this if the pandemic would have happened because you just plow on, don't you? You just sort of carry on and and we, we, we didn't, we had to really work together. The issue has been supporting our students um, in a different way. Normally, um, we go out and visit our students in local areas. We will go out and spend time with the student. We will talk to their practice assessor. We will talk to their supervisors. We'll talk to the people that they've been working with and basically making sure that, you know, the student is progressing, 
if there's any support, if there's any issues, um, any professional issues, clinical issues, that we can sort them out. We weren't allowed to go into hospitals as academics, obviously, because visiting was, was stopped. So we had to support our students in other ways. And I think we did that quite well. You know, we did that by keeping in touch with them. The students um, still carried on utilising their online practice record, their practice, their, their kind of online assessment. So we were able to use that platform as well to, to contact students and, and talk with their assessors and, and supervisors. But we also were really reliant on PEFs. They're our practice education facilitators. Um, and these are um, members of staff in trusts that are employed to look after learners, really, to look after, look after and ensure that students are getting those really good practice um, opportunities. Um, the PEFs have been little troopers. They've just been angels. They really have. And again, something that's come out really positive in this is particularly during the first wave, I had a weekly meeting with the um, Cheshire and Mersey PEF lead. So the PEF that's sort of fed in from all of our placement areas into one. And we met weekly. Some of those weeks, it was a little bit more like a counselling session, I'll be honest, for us all. But other times, you know, we were able to sort of deal with issues straight away, you know, and kind of just having that sort of weekly catch up and, you know, what's going on and, and what's happening. And then we could feed that information back to our students. So the students kind of had like a, a constant news feed, really, going on of what was happening in trusts. Students have, you know, had a really good experience. Some students did see some upsetting things and some challenging things that the pandemic has brought. But I think overall, all of the students enjoyed being part of a team and actually kind of, you know, cracking on with the job that they ultimately want to do and and, and learning from the challenges that, that came from the pandemic as well. We've been really fortunate that um, we've been able to um, get our first year students as of, as of, sort of two weeks ago out onto clinical placements and our second year students, so that was the cohort 29, September 2019, they all went out into placement in September as well. And they are having a really good opportunity. Um, they are learning lots. They're seeing, obviously, services run a little bit differently. You know, some services aren't fully back up to capacity. Obviously, are still seeing um, those really sick patients and, and the need to, to work a little bit differently because of COVID. Other students are working in services that are brand new. So we've had, we've got students that are working at the brand new Clatterbridge Hospital and they're having a great time there, sort of working with the, you know, working with the, the new technologies and things there. So we've been really lucky that placements in themselves haven't been stopped, altered, um, as it were. Um, we've had to adapt a little bit and we've had to think of different ways to support our students and students have had to sort of um, adapt to those as well while they've been out in clinical placements of areas of change and things like that but um, no, we're, we're really lucky that as of September we've been able to sort of you know all of our students have been able to be placed and our third year students will be going out into, in January and we've just sort of confirmed all those placements now and I think those students are 
I've enjoyed the break that they've had, sort of being away from clinical areas. But I know certainly my students are really looking forward to getting back out there as a third year student. So, you know, the last sort of nine months of their programme and really sort of, you know, getting, getting to grips with things as well and developing new skills. So I'm the community link for um, the, the students that go into the community setting. And I think that is different um, for the students that go into ward settings because there's still students on wards, there's still patients on wards, there's still that face-to-face contact. The, the team can still work together face-to-face. In the community, they've had to go down a real virtual route, such as having virtual handovers, seeing patients um, virtually if, if they can do for consultations. However, face-to-face visits still, still go ahead and the students have been lucky enough to attend those. But I think with every service, every service like the, like the university has asked to, had to work in a more dynamic way. Every service has responded well, professionally, um they've just overnight have massively changed every process how we work and i think there's a lot of good to come from some of what we've done because we never would have had the time to invest in trialing these sorts of things we've just done it and we've had massive benefits so i think even though there's been a lot of things that you would think i just wish i could go and talk to this person i wish i could be in the same room as them we've i personally have found other things i've i'm going to take away that i would never have had the opportunity to learn to develop um, going forward when we've got the new way, norm way of working. That leads me um, very nicely actually onto my closing question, um, which is kind of what, if the pandemic um, ended tomorrow um, and we kind of went back to pre-COVID life um, as we knew it, is there anything that you would continue to do that you've kind of had to maybe been forced down the route of of doing with students or um, the way that you work yourself that you'll continue because you've you've found it a positive? So a- any sort of positive takeaways, I suppose. Oh, I can't wait to hug people again. <laughs> I've missed hugging people. <laughs> I'm a real hugger. Sorry, and I just can't wait to be back on campus and just to be able to just like speak to people close by without a mask on and oh I just can't wait I just I can't wait to go you know and go into the back into the hospital as as an academic obviously I I still do do some clinical work and you you get out of a different role when when I'm doing some clinical work but I can't wait to go back in as an academic and just to thank you know these people personally I just yeah, that's what will keep us going. And, and please cross fingers that we're 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 part of the way there now. We're you know we with the finish line is is in sight. I hope. I think going forward, there's there's definitely some things that I will take from this. I think firstly, I'm going to take that. Do you know what? Actually, you know we we are adaptive and we can change things quite quickly if we need to. So I think that's always sort of going to be something in the back of my head that. Well, if I can overnight change the way I deliver a whole module, then do you know what? I can, you know, change the way I buy me milk in the morning or something like that. So I think I'll take that with me. But I think two things for me. Firstly, is the networks that we've made that I've been able to make. So as I was saying before, I've been able to sort of join a, a nursing Northwest network. Um, so these are just sort of, you know, p- practice leads from nursing programmes across the northwest, just focusing on nursing that we've been able to set up. And we, we meet monthly now 
and we've all said that we want those to continue. And the great thing about it being it, it being the way we've had to is we've had to do it virtually. If we had done that any other way, it would have been a real pain because you know I would have had to maybe go up to Lancaster, maybe Bolton, maybe down to Shrewsbury. Um, so that would have been sort of you know a whole day to go to a two-hour meeting, whereas you know next week the two-hour meeting is between you know one and three, and I can sit in my own house and do that and not have to worry about travelling up to to Lancaster in December, you know, and being stuck in snow potentially. Um, so definitely sort of those online meetings and, and collaborations with others. I think also what I've taken from it is um, electronic resources. Um, actually, they, they should complement our teaching. And I think that's the real thing. It's about complementing our normal teaching and, you know, that availability of recording a session and, and having it there for the students to, to pick up, sort of, you know, when they're doing their revision or, or otherwise, you know, could absolutely complement that face-to-face teaching that we're all desperate to go back to. Um, and the other online resources that we've we've discovered, um, you know, lots and lots of, of, of companies have sort of obviously taken advantage of this as well and are producing some really good healthcare-focused um, resources um, and online, you know, games and, and, you know, assessments and all sorts to support students so and, you know they're coming through thick and fast but definitely it's I'm gonna I'm gonna use the technology side of things to definitely complement um, and and support my my future teacher definitely and I probably wouldn't have done that if I hadn't have been put my hand up my back really this time so that's definitely two things that I, I'll take forward with me but yeah I just can't wait to be back on campus with the students with us all sharing stories in, in, in a, a loud classroom and you know having a really good discussion and, and I can't wait I can't wait it's literally like like the top of my Christmas list. I agree um, with everything that Claire said I think bringing in technology into the, the delivery of the module so I suppose it's kind of also meeting what the student wants as well you know having to nursing is quite a demanding course coming in all the time people do have children outside of that care responsibilities so ordinarily I think it's looking at how I would develop the module as in it doesn't have to be every session taught has to be with with them sat in front of me because there's a lot of resources that we can do now that is tailored to other styles of learning some people prefer to learn I've had comments where when it's recorded they can stop they can rewind they can listen again they can make notes at their own pace so I think playing to other people's strengths of how they learn and I think from a personal level level having the best of both worlds demonstrating that we can work from home and still do our job therefore there's more of a mix to working from home and being on campus and if there is a meeting then we can have an iPad with one of us on Microsoft Teams on Zoom and still be in the meeting. It's not that we have to physically be there ourselves. So there can be a lot more agile, dynamic working going on. And I think we do more work when we're not travelling, when we're not commuting, things like that. We're actually, that time that we're commuting, we can actually be sat doing productive work. With regards to the students, 
if a student was to come and see me, so I only was in the uni for, I think, six months before I was working from home full time. So I haven't experienced a normal academic year of what it's like to be normal, if you like. Um, but I think if a student wanted to see me, I'd say, right, come and see me on such a day. Whereas now, if they email me, I can say, well, if you're free now, I can speak to you now. So it's just that instant response that you can give to students. Whereas my viewers, oh, have to, they have to come and see me, which I, th I think was everyone's view. I'm not alone in that. So there's a lot of positives that, like Claire said, I've had to learn all these electronic things that ordinarily I wouldn't have had the time to learn but we've had to be and obviously it was stressful learning all these things um especially in lockdown one when I didn't have the right desk I didn't have the right working environment because I kept thinking we'll be going back soon we'll be going back soon I didn't want my dining room to be turned into my workspace I wanted some work-life balance um which which I admit I don't always have but the light is at the end of the tunnel um and I think we're just plodding on because we know it's going to get better. So the end is in sight. Um, I'm on a personal uh, level. I think spending time as a family, doing things that we might not ordinarily have done because there was nothing open. So, you know, we would go out for walks anyway, but walking around town, uh, looking at Christmas tree decorations when nothing is open, the kids love that as much as paying to go and do something. So I'll save me money now and just walk around town. It cost, don't cost me anything. Uh, and I actually started running in lockdown one just to get out the house. That's how desperate I was. And I'm hopefully going to carry on doing that um, because now I don't need an ambulance when I'm doing it. Um, but that's a positive that I'm going to take away. And appreciating the small things, you don't realise how good something is until it's taken away from you. Um, and I think we can definitely all feel that, you know, going to the shop, going out for something to eat going socializing with friends going on a night out you know my children like playing with their friends and they've just adapted that they just don't see the friends they've just accepted it and um, they've accepted that we all wear masks um so i think kids have been really resilient as well as adults as well as students as well as uh, people in employment um so i think going forward i just feel very fortunate to be healthier um and that we still are able to go and do these things when everything goes back to normal. And I actually created a memory book, which I've never done. And I created a scrapbook because I was thinking to myself, this is a piece of history. When in 20 years, when the kids have learned about this in history lesson, I'll pull out my scrapbook with all the pictures of all the good things that we did. And they'll be thinking, so we went, we drove around in the car and we had a picnic in the car and that was good. Um, but actually, we was all as a family, you know, and we, we kind of made the best out of a bad situation. And I want them to remember it as a good time, not a rubbish time. And I'm hoping the students who have been on this course, they are, they are in a very unique situation to be undertaking nursing in the middle of a global pandemic. And I want them to also take away good memories that even though it wasn't what I thought, it wasn't totally bad. It was still an experience that was unique and important to me. I think, um, yeah, I think you've both summed that up beautifully. I think it is very much making the the best out of a very challenging um, and difficult situation. And um, it, I mean, it, it's clear to see that you both um, have not only just adapted, but um, are doing amazing things with the students. There's there's such a sense of resilience and community, and kind of all pulling together um, from from yourselves. Um, and I think you should when you get a chance perhaps reflect on that how much you've actually achieved and and um yeah how amazing it sounds like you've oh, both yeah. been 
we love a bit of reflection in nursing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I reflected a lot down one and I was like, did that even happen? How did we get through it? Like, it yeah. just feels so surreal. And I'm not going to lie, there has been bad days where I have been drinking a bottle of lag with my tea just to cope with, just to cope with what's gone on. But then the good days have outweighed the bad when you look back. Um, it, it has been a strange situation and I just think if we can get through this, uh, the whole of the world can get through anything, can't they? You know, this has been a massive learning curve for so many people. And to think to value things that we took for granted, um, like the NHS, you know, when it's going to be taken away from us, we realise how important it was and how we really need it. Um, so I think that is a massive positive to always know that we always need our NHS. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no such thing as bad weather. It's just bad clothes. And you know what? Put your wellies on, put your coat on and get out and walk. I think that's been another thing. Again, to back up Helen, you know, we, we did used to do lots of indoor things and pay for this and pay for that. And you know what? No, my little boy has had the best time putting wellies on, a puddle suit and just trampling through leaves in Sefton Park and jumping in puddles and stuff like that. So it's it, there's been lots to take from it. There's been lots I want, I want to forget. There's been lots that, I, you know, yeah, I, I am going to make sure on New Year's Eve that I definitely see the back of 2020. I will, yeah, I'll make sure that midnight rings in. But, um, but likewise, um, there's, there's things that I do want to take forward um, and, and, and not forget about it. And, you know, little things, you know, the little street party that we had on VE Day, you know, with our neighbours. And, you know, my little boy was just in the middle of the footpath in a paddling pool. It's like, when would I have ever done that before? You know, sort of sharing, you know, a, a tin of gin with, you know, doing cheers across across the street and stuff like that. It's It's been, 2020 has been a year nobody is ever going to forget. Nursing will never forget it. And ironically, 2020 was supposed to be the international year of the nurse and the midwife. You know, how, <laughs> what a year to be, you know, to be the international year of the nurse and midwife. Um, it's a year that we're never going to forget. And I don't think we should forget Um and I think we need to take a lot from us. And a lot of, you know, we've got through it. You know, it's it's the 9th of December and, and here we are. And you know what? We've spent longer in the pandemic than we spent out of it. And, and here we are. And there's, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel, the vaccines here. We know more about this virus. You know, we've got our, we've got our testing. The numbers are coming down, you know. It, there is there's, there's things that that are are showing the way um, and we'll get there we will and science will win nursing will win healthcare will win because we always do because that's what we do and that's what we've always done and we will win and we will come out stronger and it we really will and the better for it yeah i couldn't agree more Thank you so much to both of you for, for joining us today um, on the podcast. It's been fantastic to speak to you both. Um, have a wonderful Christmas and do come on again as well when, whenever you like. Thank yes, you Merry so much. Christ- Merry Christmas, everybody, and a healthy and happy 2021. Yeah, here's to 2021. Yeah, the Roaring Twenties can officially start. <laughs>